It's your American patriot, DJ Drew Shelton. With insight and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world, we welcome you to the Jewess Patriot Show. Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. Remember, you don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy. And now, coming from our WGBB studios in the tri-state area, your Jewess patriot, Cindy Gross. Hello and welcome to the Jewess patriot. My name is Cindy Gross. I am today's premier Jewish woman activist, and it's Mother's Day. I'm a mother, I'm a grandmother, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister, I'm a sister-in-law, I'm a friend, and I want to welcome each one of you who are one of those to the show today, because it's going to be a special show and a fun show. But before we have our interviews, we always have our opening segment, my pearls of wisdom, because in Jewish, my name is Zisel Peril, which means sweet pearl. So join me as we discuss Jewish Heritage Month, Shavuos, and good things ahead. I was thinking a lot this past week, and it is Jewish Heritage Month, and a lot of us don't even know where it started. So I just want to rehash because you don't have to be Jewish to appreciate Jewish Heritage Month. It's something that we all share in common with our backgrounds, with our religious affiliations, or our heritage. President George W. Bush first proclaimed the month of May, Jewish Heritage Month, with Senator Arlen Specter, as well as the Jewish Museum of Florida and the South Florida Jewish Community. And similar proclamations about Jewish Heritage Month were made by Presidents Bush, his son, Obama, Trump, and currently President Biden. In 2020, the National Museum of American Jewish History in Philadelphia repositioned Jewish American Heritage Month to empower communities across the country to celebrate inspiring Jewish people and educate people with diverse audiences about Jewish culture and how we overlap and how we have to have these conversations, not just about the rising anti-Semitism, but about our foods, our musics, our arts, and how we really, for the most part, are all immigrants here. Many of us came here legally, and many of us came here because we wanted better lives and we're proud to be Americans. And with that, I'm thinking about the pomp and circumstance of some of the uh, events that took place recently and the involvement of American Jews. I'm thinking about, of course, the Met Gala. Everybody knows American Jews had a big part in the past and in the present of fashion. I'm thinking about the coronation of the king and queen and their friendships and relationships with American Jews. 
It's going to be very interesting to see the positions of the king and queen. After all, his family has very mixed histories of their relationship with the Jews. So far, it seems like he's very interested in having a good relationship with the Jews. And what does that have to do with American Jewish Heritage Month? Well, a lot of his success or failure is going to depend on relationships with American Jews. And then something I noticed happened that isn't such a Jewish thought. It's a common trend in both the events. And I should really add the third event being the Kentucky Derby. That is pomp and circumstance. And it really brought to the attention that young and old, despite all the craziness in our world, are craving royalty and dressing up. They're craving the idea of special occasions. They're craving the competition, the competition of who's going to be seen on the red carpet, who's going to win a horse race, and the competition of who's going to sit in the first three rows of a coronation. You know what? Those are all really good values. They're good Jewish values. They're good American values. They're good non-Jewish values that we could agree on. Somehow they're getting lost lately among the many who don't have what people have that celebrated those three events in person. And it's making a lot of us think, how can we achieve it? We all loved. This was one of the best Met Galas of recent history because of the classics coming to life. And people dressing up with makeup and hair in place and gorgeous gowns and jewels. And then, of course, the coronation. I mean, everybody wanted to know the jewels, who was wearing what, and how from generation on to the children, from the grandparents, how everybody looked, the men and the women. And of course, the Derby. Who's fascinated was more unique than the next? What color suit a man wore? And how they accessorized it. Even the sunglasses, the right cup to have the uh, bourbon. We're craving all this. We could make it happen in our everyday lives little by little. And this is how it relates to Shavuos. Because our Jewish holiday of Shavuos coincides with Memorial Day. And preparations are underway in many homes. And I will tell you, you are going to see, because it's the official, unofficial start of summer, and the official start of the next season of entertaining and partying and trends in food and decor and fashion, that you're going to see that pomp and circumstance. And let's be realistic. It's part of our Jewish American Heritage Month. 
Sit back and stay tuned. We have incredible guests with incredible tips to have fun and enjoy. Again, to all the mothers out there, thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy your Mother's Day. Joining us now is somebody who has changed the world, especially around the United States, with cheese in the kosher market. If you are someone who has eaten non-kosher cheese and kosher cheese, you know there's a difference until you taste the Cheese Guys cheeses. Because of the upcoming Shavuos holidays, the warmer weather where we have lighter meals, and all the celebrations with charcuterie boards. We have Brent Delman here, the cheese guy. Tell us all about the newest cheeses and what is coming up for Shavuos and this spring. Hi, Cindy. Boy, it's great to be with you. And uh, we've known each other a long time. We've collaborated on a number of projects, and it's really wonderful to be here before uh, the upcoming holiday of Shavuos which is a wonderful holiday, especially for those of us in the dairy world and those of us who who love dairy products. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here this morning. Um, so with uh, the holiday of Shavuos coming up, you know, there's a, there are a number of different explanations as to why Shavuos is a holiday that revolves around dairy. Um, some of them are sort of practical in nature in that it comes around springtime and it originally was a a harvest festival. And at this time of the year, cows are giving birth and the goats are giving birth to, to their kids and their calves. And uh, so they're lactating and they're, uh, they're giving off a lot of wonderful fresh milk. So uh, it was always a time traditionally in many countries around the world where the first fresh cheeses were available. So uh, that's, that's part of the explanation. Some of the other explanations revolve around the Jews were, uh, leaving Egypt and on their way to freedom and uh, about to receive the Torah on Mount Sinai. And they were going to what we, what was promised to us as the land of milk and honey. Right. And a number of other descriptions about Torah being described as the uh, as similar to uh, milk and honey under your tongue, sweet. And, and it's, and it provides us with spiritual sustenance, whereas milk and honey provide us with, with uh, physical sustenance uh, and by the way, milk and honey, when they talk about the land of milk and honey, it usually it, it refers to most people think it's cow's milk, but it's actually goat's milk. So it's uh, it's a wonderful holiday and it does revolve around uh, dairy foods. Some of the dairy foods that are traditionally known uh, to be associated with the holiday are cheesecake, blintzes, kreplach, barekas. So some of it depends on your background. If you're from an Ashkenaz background of Jews of Eastern European descent. Tell us what is new actually for cheeses, because you're always coming out with brand new cheeses. Okay. So, yeah, there's a, really a lot of fun things going on in the kosher world. Um, and, and again, sort of relating to this time of the year, a lot of people enjoy fresh cheeses. Fresh cheeses really uh, mean 
cheeses that have higher moisture content. So things like fresh mozzarella, fresh mozzarella, um, fresh goat cheese, things like that. So some of the things that are that have recently come out in the last uh, year, year and a half, I, uh, I started to import a fresh burrata from Italy. And that's probably the hottest thing on the market right now. There was never a kosher burrata available. Very often fresh uh, mozzarella and fresh burrata have uh, animal rennet as an ingredient, which is not, uh, which is not acceptable in the uh, kosher uh, as part of a kosher product, kosher cheese product. Uh, so I went over to Italy a number of times and came up with a recipe with some producers of a fresh burrata in Northern Italy. And we now fly it in fresh every couple of weeks. Burrata, for those that don't know, is a fresh mozzarella with the exterior is actually the um, is a casing. And the interior is a mix. It's called uh, stracciatella, which is a mix of fresh cream and uh, and sort of diced up fresh mozzarella. It's wonderful. If you let it sit out and you cut it open, it sort of oozes out. It's a wonderful dish for putting over pastas and on toast, different things like that, using as a caprese salad with uh, fresh tomatoes, basil, and olive oil. That's so the fresh mozzarella and this burrata are some of the new things in, uh, in the world of goat cheese, fresh goat cheeses. We have some new flavors that just came out. There's a cranberry cinnamon that is to die for. It's, uh, it, it tastes great. like you're eating, yeah, you taste like you're eating uh, cream, uh, I'm sorry, cheesecake. And uh, we also have a honey honey goat cheese. These are fresh goat cheeses that are spreadable. Um, you can put them on anything from bagels to, uh, you know, crumble it onto uh, salads with arugula salads and, and honeyed pecans and uh, uh, dried cranberries. Um, so those are some of the fresh cheeses that are available. And in the world of hard aged cheeses, that's sort of what put my company on the map was that we were one of the first companies to really uh, start aging cheeses because of the ingredient that goes into the production of hard cheeses, rennet that normally comes, that I mentioned, that normally comes from the stomach of a cow or a calf. We use non-animal vegetarian rennet, which is also suitable for vegetarians. And I happen to have a very large following in uh, the vegetarian community and in particular amongst uh, a lot of uh, Indian, Asian Indian Americans, who many of whom are vegetarian <clears throat> so, or Muslims who keep halal. Uh, so the fact that my cheeses do not contain any of these animal enzymes, the rennet, there's another one called lipase, uh, make, it, make the cheeses very attractive to vegetarians. And that's uh, so great for our audience because you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy and many uh, of our listeners are not Jewish that ask about the quality products <clears> because <throat> they know that uh, the kosher supervision means for a lot of products, especially something like yours, better quality. So that's uh, great that you brought that up. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, you know what? I, I like to think that we are very inclusive. You know, the, uh, my cheeses, very often I do events, wine and cheese tasting events uh, at corporations and uh, different civic organizations, religious organizations. And it's nice to be able to offer products that vegetarians and people who are keep halal and kosher and all different uh, have different dietary needs. They're a- able to 
participate and uh, and consume our products. And besides that, they're very high quality, bold, and uh, unique flavors. Uh, so we also have a lot of very spicy cheeses, spice and, and hot products. And that's very are, uh, popular right now. That is a very yeah. big trend in the food business, not just with cheeses, but with everything spice. People looking for natural spices to fulfill that uh, satisfaction in a healthy way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we find at this time of the year also spices, you know, in, in, in hotter climates, people, believe it or not, eat spicy foods to cool down. So uh, we find the spike in, uh, in consumption of spicier varieties of cheese this time of the year. So we have everything from a plain jalapeno pepper jack, which is, just has a little bit of uh, and spice to uh, give the cheese a little bit of a kick, uh, up to chipotles and habaneros and our hottest cheese, which has a very almost occult-like following, is our um, ghost pepper jack, which is way beyond my ability to to uh taste uh other straight i have to mix it in with like a dish like mac and cheese but uh, anyway some of these very intense spiced cheeses uh are very popular as well now so So you uh, just mentioned mac and cheese you also have a pasta line correct i do i do so i'm also i i love going to italy and sourcing out new products and collaborating with with uh small producers, handmade products, and I have some handmade raviolis that uh, that I now bring in fresh as well. They're not frozen. They're fresh. You boil boil the water, pop in the, the fresh ravioli, and uh, it's ready in two minutes. Uh, we, have a, we have a porcini, mushroom, <clears throat> and truffle variety. We also have uh, ricotta and uh, spinach. And a tomato and mozzarella. Well, you're making me hungry just listening to this. And everybody I know who eats your cheeses, who's been in my home and had them, Jewish, non-Jewish, they all, they love them. And they go, they ask me all the time where to buy them. So that's my next question to you. Where can our audience buy the cheeses? Because I think that they are in stores all over, but I think they could also get them directly from you. So we don't, we sell to companies that, that uh, sell them online, mm-hmm. uh, D to C direct to consumer companies. So uh, there's one called block and wedge block and There's another one, supermarket Italy who sells to people, obviously not because they're kosher because they're really good quality cheeses and uh, pastas. Uh, another, another item, by the way, uh, we just came out with an organic fresh ricotta, fresh ricotta. Oh, that's so incredible. it's cream. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. A lot of people associated with just putting using it as a filling uh, for lasagna and different things like that. But I put it on my morning toast with avocado and anyway. So uh, so some wonderful cheeses that are now being avail being made available online through Block and Wedge and Supermarket Italy, um, and uh, they're available in many retail stores around the country. We're probably in uh, thirty to thirty five states right now. And four different countries. We're in Latin America, and uh, you can find us in chains like, uh, to a limited extent, Whole Foods. We have a number of what we call SKUs, a number of different uh, SKUs uh, in Whole Foods, and all the independent specialty stores like Zabar's, and in our area, De Chico and Uncle Giuseppe's, uh, and the kosher stores on Long Island, 
Galatix, uh, Gourmet Glot, uh, Intinac, Cedar Market, all over, independent kosher stores. And uh, down in Florida, we're in Winn-Dixie and up here in the New York area, ShopRite. So lots of choices of retail stores and as well to buy them online. Brent, I can't thank you enough. First of all, you gave the audience an incredible explanation of what Shavuos is. And uh, uh, you really discussed so many cheeses that are so trendy right now because like your love for Italy, I love the Mediterranean uh, areas as well. And the Mediterranean diet is like probably the most popular diet going right now. So every cheese that you discussed uh is part of that Mediterranean diet that everybody is, is, you know, trying right now and uh, loving and craving. Yeah, absolutely. Cindy. So, uh, you know, one of the other things I wanted to mention is that part of this trend is uh, going toward beverage foods and beverages that are fermented, right? So uh, people are into, you know, their craft beers and their wines and, and pickles and sauerkraut and kimchi, all these kind of things. And they're all fermented and they're healthy for you. We, you know, they're, they have probiotics. So uh, um, anyway, and the last thing I just want to mention, another thing in, that's trending is cheese boards. Go out and make a cheese board, have fun, get a big assortment of cheeses, fruits and vegetables, chop them up, olives, dried fruits, nuts, get creative, make yourself, your family and your friends. It's a nice activity to get together around and especially for Shibuas or any day of the week making a wonderful cheese board. We have to go, but Brent will be back over the summer with more of these great tips. So Brent, the cheese guy, he's also on social media and he, you could find Brent at so many fairs and so many people know him from fairs and recognize him from fairs. So we thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thanks, Cindy. Joining the Jewess Patriot family is Lata Stein. She is a licensed fitness coach, and she works with many people of all ages throughout Long Island and Queens, and she is available to come to you. And what's more important is she's going to be on the show regularly with some tips that you can start to work at home. She has very reasonable rates. She works with individuals and in small groups. She helps people out, even if they have some health issues, some disability issues. She tailors her fitness training to what you need. Slata, tell us a couple of tips that we can follow at home before we hire you as our coach. Hi, everyone. So tip number one is to cook 80% of your meals at home because when you cook your foods at home, you know exactly what you're putting in it. And that's very important for health and weight management. Also, tip number two, drink your body weight in water to hydrate yourself and to flush toxins out of your body. Uh, number three, plan your workouts or have a trainer plan them because it's very good to go into a gym knowing what you're going to be doing so you're not overwhelmed. Number four is stretching. It's excellent for the central nervous system. It lengthens and elongates your muscles. And the fifth tip is recovery. Your body constantly needs to recover. Without recovery, you'll never get strong. Those are great tips, and we look forward to having you again regularly on the show. I know I've learned so much from you about the right way to do a squat, the right way to hold a weight, 
And if I can do it because I'm like the laziest person mm-hmm. in the world, then any of you can do it. Follow her on Instagram. You can reach out to me. She has very affordable rates and she has limited space. So make sure you're in one of those slots. Joining us now is the challah fairy, Hanalee Fisher. Anybody who has ever tasted her challahs knows that they are the best. And I have to tell my audience, quite frankly, the most requested uh, information that I get from around the country, from Jews and non-Jews, is about challah. How to bake a challah, where to buy a challah, what the ingredients are, uh, how to use challah in other recipes, you name it. It's all about the challah. And with Shavuos coming up, there are so many trends with challah and Shavuos. So, Hanali, welcome to the show. And tell us what the challah fairy is doing for Shavuos. So, Shavuos to me is a, is a very, is a warm holiday to spend with family because there are very few restrictions involved. And, um, if it doesn't come out on Shabbat, we can, we, we can walk to friends, we can cook, we can, we can even bake and we can do so many things challah related. Um, if you have, if you have, if you bake challah for every holiday, if you bake challah for Shabbat and you have extra dough that's sitting around, you can actually use it on, on the holiday to make different things. You can, you can, you can use it. You can even use it to make babka because it's a very versatile and it's a very forgiving dough. And, my favorite things that I make for Shavuot is I make a cheese babka. Cheese babka, people probably think is like this really hard thing to make. It's very, very simple. And you can use your challah dough to make it. So all you have to do is roll out the dough. You can make yourself a little mixture with cream cheese, with sour cream, with sugar, with vanilla sugar. These things are extremely, extremely easy to make. People don't realize it. I know for a, a regular a, a, a parent, a mother, a father, who is working full time. I know it's a little bit more time consuming, but there are so many things that we can do before Shavuot that can really enhance the holiday and you can have friends over. And it's just a, it's just a warm, a warm, a warm place to be during this holiday season. Um, I also make a chocolate cheese babka, which means that whatever chocolate I use for my babka, I smear it on top of that cheese and we roll it we roll it up you can cut it up into little pieces you could lay them flat you could make a little you can make little um chocolate buns you can make cheese buns you can make cheesecake is so easy to make on this holiday it's so easy to make all you have to do is go into a recipe on google and look up the best cheesecake ever there's no such thing as a bad cheesecake so let's talk about your savory stuff because you also have a full line of pizzas for Shavuos and uh, for actually any occasion, but really pizza, uh, they are really. Um, so pizzas also, pizzas also a very, very easy. Pizzas a very easy thing to make. So I, I generally make my pizza from sour, from sourdough because people love the taste of the sourdough. They love the fact that you're eating a pizza, but you're, you're using a sour, a sourdough dough. And it's, and we don't have any of the extra ingredients in it that make it more fattening, like the eggs. There's no eggs. There's no oil. There's no sugar in sourdough. And so I use that. But if you have dough left over from your challah, you could put that in the refrigerator in a bag. It will not, it will not rise a lot. You can even freeze it. You can freeze it. It takes less than an hour to defrost. 
and you can roll it out and you could make pizza and you can make pizza. Now I generally, because I work, because I'm working very, very large quantities, therefore I make a lot of pizza sauce at a time. So I make huge, huge quantities. But if you have tomatoes at home that are going bad, which I had last week, I had a bunch, I bought for Pesach a case of tomatoes thinking I was having tons of people in my house, which I wasn't. I dumped, I dumped all the tomatoes in a pot. I sauteed onions with a little bit of garlic, dumped all the tomatoes in with a little bit of extra water, put in a bunch of spite, a bunch of herbs, just the regular stuff, oregano, basil, thyme, salt, pepper. Um, and I just, as soon as the tomatoes were really nice and soft, I took my stick mixer, stick, stuck it into the pot, mixed it around. And there you have, voila, you have your own little homemade pizza sauce. So if you don't have time to make your own and, and, and you have extra tomatoes, or if you buy a pizza sauce and you want to, uh, you want to tweak it up a little bit, you can add your own little spices to it and mix it up and you could put anything. P- uh, pizza is just a lot of fun to do on a holiday like Shavuos. I love making pizza. So your uh, motto is every day is a holiday. And of course for us, but holiday means it's a play on words. It's holiday. It's not holiday. It's holiday. A lot of people don't get that. Sometimes I feel like I have to explain it. But as we were talking before we started the interview, your favorite day and what makes a difference for you is Shabbos. Tell us about how you really uh, got into this and how much challah means to you when you celebrate Shabbos and when you go to Simchas, because you were talking about that too. So I started my business because I just love, I just love doing nice things for other people. That's just my thing. I, I'm a yes person. Ask me a favor is always a yes. If I can't do it afterwards, I'll say no, but it's always a yes. And I really, I really wanted, um, I really want to be nice, be kind to people. And when my children were growing up, I had the fortune, the good fortune to be a stay at home mom. And every Thursday I baked challah and every single Friday I would bring one challah to my friend's mailbox after the mailman came. And every Friday she would call me and she would say, ooh, the challah fairy was here. So when I decided to go into business, I became the challah fairy. And I really, it's just, it's a, it's, it, it, I, I can uh, connect myself with so many different kinds of people with being a challah fairy. And to me, challah is the most important part of your Shabbat meal. I mean, you start, you start, it's the blessing that you make. It's one of the two blessings that you make before you start a meal after you uh, make the blessing on the wine and then you make the blessing on the bread. And if people taste the challah and there are dips on the table, and I mean, obviously, I also make the crumb challah and the cinnamon challah and the chocolate challah. My favorite is the plain challah for Shabbat. My favorite challah to make French toast is, I know I'm going a little off tangent, is the crumb challah. But um, challah is just, it makes it makes the meal special. And if I'm going to an event and I bring along one of my ceremonial challahs, which uses the same dough as my regular challah, but because it's such a huge challah, it's made from the equivalent of nine medium challahs. It stays in the oven for almost two hours because you have to make sure that the inside is really done. And it tastes completely different. And people will come over to me at a meal. They don't come over to the chef and they say, oh, wow. Your gefilte fish was amazing. Your chicken soup was to die for. Your steak was crazy. They come over to me and they say, wow, I never, ever tasted a challah like that. And that just makes me, that makes me kvel. And you also have gluten-free, you have vegan options, and you are very sensitive to people with allergies because you do, you can custom for your clients what they need, correct? I'm, I'm very, very sensitive to people. And when I started my business, when I opened up my first small 
store in New City where I only where I only sold challah and cake. Um, I was approached by a school was called Ruben Gittleman at the time, which is now Ashar. And I was approached by them and they said to me, would you become a nut free facility? I didn't even think for one second. And I said, yes. Why? Because when you're a nut free facility, you can make everyone happy. Okay. So you don't work with nuts, but you're making so many more people happy who have nut allergies. And therefore I, I, it made me so happy. And because of that, God paid me back immediately because I wasn't only selling to Ruben Gittleman. I was sell, selling to Solomon Schechter. I was selling to JCC in Manhattan. I was selling to camps. I was I was doing school school baking events. I'm doing an event next week in a big school in Riverdale, and we're baking challah from scratch with uh, with between 100 and 150 students and parents. And I just these are the things that make me happy that I see children, I see kids mixing dough. This is our next next generation. These are our kids who are going to be uh, who are going to be raising the next generation of kids of children. And if I teach them how to bake challah and kids come over to me, I'll meet a kid when I'm walking to synagogue on Shabbos and I'll meet I'll meet a, a, a girl who's 12 years old and she'll say, I'll never forget when I came to your store when I was four years old in day camp. And we made challah in your store. They don't forget these things. This is our, this is our tradition. This is our, this, this is what we live for. And you, I know every time I've spoken with you, you're always involved with kids. You love working with children. You love teaching them uh, not to be intimidated in a kitchen, not to be afraid to bake, not to be afraid to experiment. And that's really, uh, that's really a huge mitzvah because so many people don't want to have, you know, don't have the patience and don't want to spend the time working with children and uh, young people in the kitchen. Well, I, well, I really, I really, I feel like also that everybody has a tough kid in life. Everybody has something that they they are meant to do in, in their lives. And when I realized that I love children, I love, I love making children happy and I love teaching children. I never want people say to me, you should teach in a school. I don't want to be a teacher. I, but I, but I do love teaching children how to, how to make challah. And I love teaching children how to enjoy what they're doing. And I try to emphasize with kids, even if they bake challah, challah is a very, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very, I, I use that word again. It's very forgiving. It's not like, Oh, my, my yeast didn't bubble. Okay. You have to, you have to know what you're doing, obviously, but making challah though is a very, very, it's not as, as difficult a process. As people think it is. I came to someone's house in the city a few, I think last year, and I baked with a mother and her three sons. They wanted to learn how to bake challah from scratch. I did that for them a one-on-one challah baking event. They didn't have a machine. We did everything by hand, but I taught them that you can make challah at home and you don't have to have that big $500 machine. You don't have to have all the expensive equipment. You can make challah with what, with what you have available to you. So we're running out of time. I just have to say I could relate to this because I, of course, have that machine. And I found out, I went to a challah class, that the best way to make challah is like the old-fashioned way how Italians make homemade pasta. It's getting, using your hands and feeling it. And so when you said that I could relate to it, you don't need all that stuff. You just you know, you just need have the a passion of doing it. Exactly. Right, right, exactly. Where can our audience uh, find you and where can they order the products, especially now before Shavuos and especially now as there are so many parties, it's after Lagba Omer, there's going to be engagement parties and graduation parties and birthdays. And so I've done a lot. I do a lot of, I do, I do do a lot of birthday events. I, I, I come with, I come with the dough already made. 
kids can make at a bat mitzvah. I've done challah baking events. Kids could bake challah, take home the take home the braided dough and bring it home to bake at home with their families. It's already braided. It's ready ready to bake in your own oven. Um, I have a, I'm, I go under the challah fairy on Instagram. People can reach out to me over there. I'll always answer. Or people can reach me on Facebook as the challah fairy or as Hanali Fisher. Um, I'm going to be opening up my Shopify account soon. It's also called the Hall Fairy. And um, I'm really looking forward to hearing from people. If people also need to reach you, they read me, they can reach out to you and you can give them my contact information. I give out my cell phone to anybody. If anybody wants to bake challah and has questions, I answer all questions. I love to help people. It's not all, only about me taking care of myself. It's about me taking care of you. So I'm I'm really here to help other people do what do what they would like to accomplish. Well, you don't have to be Jewish with Cindy, but you have to be nice with Cindy. And we only have nice guests on. And I have to tell you, this has been a fascinating conversation. And I could just feel the love and passion through the audio. And I can't wait to have you back. I'm going to be having everything she discussed here over Shavuos. And I hope you will, too. Order your stuff today. Hanali Fisher, the Hala Ferry, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot. Thank you so much for having me. By popular demand, we have back Paula Mensch, better known as Iron Tove Designs, the glorious, beautiful, very, very, I don't want to say high-end, but they are high-end because I don't, uh, they are reasonably priced for the quality of work that goes into them. And they are really unique in the world of challah covers, and she's here to discuss Challah covers for the spring because she has a lot of new patterns and designs. And she also wants to give some of our hostesses some tips because she's gotten a lot of tips over the years through her travels and from her clients. So, Paula, welcome back. Thank you. Nice to be here. Very nice to be here again. Just remind everybody how you got the name and what Ayantov means. So... Uh, eye and tove means a good eye as opposed to the evil eye. And I was trying to come up with a name for my company. And one of my dear daughters said she suggested the name because she said there is a double entendre in it. It, it means uh, a good eye for design and uh, style as well as a good eye which I try every day to wish people well with. So that's the meaning of the of the uh, company name. And I'm so proud of it. it is Shavuos, and it's also co- coinciding with Memorial Day, and that is the official opening of spring, entertaining spring parties, summer parties, and challah covers are a big part of our entertaining and our gift giving. So tell us some of the trends, some of the things that change in challah covers as the seasons change, get warmer, and we're doing a different kind of entertaining. Well, first of all, what I'd like to say is I feel like the same way that 
it used to be, you know, forbidden to wear white shoes after Labor Day. The fabrics that we use on our table have really crossed the lines a lot. Um, I'm very old school. And for me, velvet is winter and linen is summer. But I find with many of the younger brides and younger girls, especially, who are entertaining, um, not so much velvet in the warm months, but linen works all year round. And um, so, you know, there is a, a, a large demand, larger demand for it in the spring to summer months. Um, the most popular, I would say, is just a very neutral kind of if people go to their beach houses, duny kind of feeling, you know, with with natural colors. Uh, that being said, if you're not afraid of color, like I'm not, and I know, Cindy, that you're not, um, when the spring comes, you know, it's just fabulous to see flowers on your table that you can smell and flowers on your table that you can appreciate in your challah cover. So I, I would say, you know, those are the two biggest trends. Um, also, I feel like people tend towards my covers that I've that I've collected during my travels in the spring and summer months because for the most part, they are a lighter weight of linen. They're not lined like my my other standard linen, linen covers, which, by the way, are all lined by the seamstress by hand as well. Um, you know, they're just like a breath of fresh air. Uh, each one has a different pattern to it. And you just kind of need to pick the one that that speaks to you in terms of your own personal taste. And like we've said before, People can have more than one. They're easy to store. And um, they are the type of accessory on a table that could really uh, elevate it to a, a conversation at the table more than other uh, things we use, uh, articles for other religious purposes or just even uh, tablescape decor. Right. Well, yeah, absolutely. When you think about the fact that every week you go and buy flowers that change every week, um, you know, to have even just a summer and a winter challah cover uh, is if you amortize what you're spending on it, it's it's really minimal compared to flowers every week. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing that I find as well is one of the first questions I ask people, because I am the challah cover savant trying to pinpoint exactly which challah cover works for them, is are you modern or are you traditional? And then I try to kind of eke out of that them, you know, that they don't have to be stuck in that mold. That if their home is traditional and their table is traditional, it actually looks fabulous to have a, a more modern cover on it uh, as a contrast and vice versa. You can have just the sleekest you know, most modern table. And then you've just got this pop of traditional like scalamandre fabric on it that, that looks amazing. So it's, so it's that's, I don't know if you heard my opening, but I'm talking about that, how people are craving, as we saw with the Met Gala, as we saw with the coronation, people are looking for that more dressed up, uh, glamour look, but they're also trying to modernize it. And I think that is the biggest trend, whether it's in fashion or in home decor. And your 
you just said it perfectly. I've gone through your Instagram and I see so many people uh, purchase the challah covers at places in the Hamptons. It could look like something in the Jersey Shore. Uh, so I'm sure knowing my audience are going to ask us, of course, are you going to be out of these places at all? Or it's still just uh, by order through Instagram. Yeah, no. Um, you know, I, I used to go on the road <laughs> for lack of a better word, very selectively. Um, but of late and since Instagram and since COVID, I've, I've been really, thank God, very busy. Um, and it does take a long time to produce each one. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 for the most part, the best way and my favorite way is to communicate with me because that's part of the fun for me is really identifying and helping the person select the one that's just right for them. And, you know, then getting that photo back because they're so thrilled with what they're, as you have done, so thrilled with what their table looks like. So I have a funny story that you don't even know, and I'm going to share with my audience. Uh, when I was in Greece, I went, uh, I figured, great, I'll go buy some fabrics. Maybe she'll make me a challah cover. She's so nice. I, you know, make a few, whatever she wanted to do with it. So I went to a store and I saw, you know, something I'm thinking, maybe it was like with the Greek key looks, you know, the, the vers- fake Versace kind of look. And I go and look and I see made in China label on it. <laughs> I said, I'm not buying this. That's no, not no. the real deal. I don't think she'd no. want that. No, I've and actually was... been, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I've actually been approached, um, to commercialize them and make them in China in, in not such a bespoke way. And no, no can do. <laughs> Just doesn't work. But thank you for looking out for me. I actually, <laughs> as you know, was, in Dubai and I went to a neighborhood I'm sure I had no business being in that was near the Shuk exploring and looking for fabrics but you know I I just can't help myself and uh that's that's how that's how they get collected and created that's the passion of it now it's also gift season now it's after uh Lagwa oh man weddings are starting bridal showers are starting and uh there were just so many graduation gifts um Last minute Mother's Day's gift, I guess, if you're close by. Uh, you tell us what's the trends with all these gifts now, weddings and stuff, because people probably come to you with their, uh, what they put on their registry. Yeah. Um, it's my favorite thing to do is to find, I just sent one out yesterday. Uh, you know, I wish I could play you the bride's message. Um, but you know, I, I feel like for, Pick, selecting for a bride, uh, or even, you know, a daughter who is buying for her mother for Mother's Day, which was a, is a fabulous story from a few weeks ago, a, a mother who the daughter saw buying them constantly for other people and realized, well, she never had one and purchased one for her, for her for Mother's Day. Um, and it's, you know, it's a category. It's an undiscovered category by many people. And then when they discover it, they just, it's their go-to gift item because no one's ever seen anything like this before. And when somebody receives it, they're just, you know, really excited because, because the Shabbos table 
didn't have one before. And now it's a happier place, a more beautiful place. <laughs> and now that we have Shabbos together with Shavuos, it's even more fun. Oh, it's a double header. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do have some that say Yom Tov and Shabbat. So that's the perfect cover for, for this Shavuot. And, uh, and there are also some that are, you know, specific to some of the holidays, which I have a, a cover that ha- it's gorgeous. I love it. It has, um, metallic gold beads pressed onto linen. And on Sukkot, I cannot keep them in stock because everybody's got these in their sukkah and it just, you know, makes light of it and reminds you they're coming and it looks beautiful. Speaking of beads, I know you, it, you were discussing how the, the colors change and the linens. You have some gorgeous work, linens, uh, challah covers with some beautiful beaded work on it. And it, I love, I'm a type of person, I'll use beads 12 months a year. The glitty, you know, the more glitzier, the better for me. So mm-hmm. I love your philosophy is very similar to mine. Experiment, try, nothing is wrong in creating exactly. a beautiful table decor. And that includes the wonderful challah covers that you create from your heart. The passion comes through in each and every piece. Before we go, one more time, share with everybody where they can reach out to you. And we will make sure that our audience has it in time for all the gifts they need. Yes. So just go to Iantov Designs on Instagram, DM me, and then uh, we can chat. I, I share my phone number and uh, we'll we'll figure out how to get you the most perfect color cover for your own decor and taste. Again, thank you so much, Paula, for joining us. And you thank are you, always Cindy. welcome here when you have a new exclusive you want to share with our audience. Join us because we always get so much uh, positive feedback on your visits. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Joining the Jewess Patriot family is Lata Stein. She is a licensed fitness coach, and she works with many people of all ages throughout Long Island and Queens, and she is available to come to you. And what's more important is she's going to be on the show regularly with some tips that you can start to work at home. She has very reasonable rates. She works with individuals and in small groups. She helps people out, even if they have some health issues, some disability issues. She tailors her fitness training to what you need. Slata, tell us a couple of tips that we can follow at home before we hire you as our coach. Hi, everyone. So tip number one is to cook 80% of your meals at home because when you cook your foods at home, you know exactly what you're putting in it. And that's very important for health and weight management. Also, tip number two, drink your body weight in water to hydrate yourself and to flush toxins out of your body. Uh, Number three, plan your workouts or have a trainer plan them because it's very good to go into a gym knowing what you're going to be doing so you're not overwhelmed. Number four is stretching. It's excellent for the central nervous system. It lengthens and elongates your muscles. And the fifth tip is recovery. Your body constantly needs to recover. Without recovery, you'll never get strong. Those are great tips, and we look forward to having you again regularly on the show. 
I know I've learned so much from you about the right way to do a squat, the right way to hold a weight. And if I can do it because I'm like the laziest person in the world, then any of you can do it. Follow her on Instagram. You can reach out to me. She has very affordable rates and she has limited space. So make sure you're in one of those slots. This is the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. My name is Drew Shelton. I am your American Patriot DJ. And as we close today's broadcast, I just want to dedicate a song to all those moms out there. Of course, today, Sunday, May 14th, it is Mother's Day. I dedicate this song to my mom. I dedicate this song to my wife, who's a wonderful mom, to our baby girl who is 15 months old. She has Down syndrome and is a fighter and overcoming all the odds. And we, I know I would be lost, and I know our baby girl would be lost without my wife. She is a fantastic mom. So to all the moms out there, we thank you. We love you. And this song here is called Thank You, Mom, courtesy of Good Charlotte. This is the Jewess Patriot with Cindy Gross. We are back next week. Until then, take care.
again to all the mothers out there. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy your Mother's Day. This is Cindy Gross, the Jewess Patriot. I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish Podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.